Glad nobody called me Jay. Those shoes are way too big for me to fill. Not, I'm nowhere even close to being anywhere near the comedic uh, brilliance that he is. So, I'll leave the comedy to him. All right. If you have your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, turn with me uh, to Galatians chapter two. Galatians chapter two. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Galatians. It's a privilege and honor to be here this morning and to fellowship with you all. And, and uh, uh, I thank Pastor Jason. I know you're watching, Pastor Jason, Miss Jen. Thank you so much for opening your pulpit to me this morning that I might preach the Word of God. I'm grateful and thankful to be uh, in ministry with Pastor Jason and Jen Moore, Um, but also I'm blessed to be friends with Pastor Jason and Jen Moore. Um, God's blessed us with that gift, so I'm appreciative. First thing I want to do is, um, before we move on, uh, I know some people are out there sick and hurting. Um, uh, Steve and Pam Schmidbauer, they've been sick for a while, they're pretty sick, so I want to pray for them. I also want to pray for Becky Long. I know she's been sick. Um, and I, forgive me if I forget anybody, but those are the two that come to my mind. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, it's uh, our privilege to pray for those who are sick. And God, uh, you told us in your word that uh, as, as we come across those who are sick, that as we pray that, Lord, that they would be healed. So we're, we're leaning upon your word. We pray for Pam and Steve Schmidbauer, Lord, as they uh, suffer and with sickness. I pray, God, that you would relieve them, Lord, not only of all the symptoms, but the sickness as a whole. And I pray, God, that you would replace that with your, with your uh, peace, your joy, uh, and, Lord, your blessings on them, Lord. I pray that they would return to wellness from this very moment, Lord. I pray for Becky Long, Lord. Lord, you know what she's uh, ill with, and I pray, God, that you would touch her, and heal her body, and bring her, Lord, back to uh, uh, wholeness and healing as only you can. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, this pastor was uh, walking through a, new, a neighborhood he just moved into, and he, he's walking down the street, and he noticed a little boy reaching up with all of his might, trying to ring a doorbell. He thought, well, I should, I should go over and help him. So he goes on the porch. He sees a little boy. He reaches down. He picks him up. And that kid reaches and, and hits that doorbell. And he brings the boy down. He drops him or puts him back on the ground. And the next thing you know, this kid just takes off running. And he looks back. He said, here she comes. You better run too. <laughs> Nobody got that. Okay. Tell me you didn't ding-dong ditch when you were a kid. Wow, I thought that, that went over like a lead balloon. All right, if you're awake, clap your hands this morning. <laughs> Tough crowd. CJ, I don't have that magic like you do. Everybody has their talent, Pastor Jazz. All right, so 
The title of today's sermon is Crucified with Christ from Conversion to Connection. I thought I'd lighten it up a little bit before I got a little deep. This morning's going to get a little bit deep. A little bit deep. Galatians 2.20 goes like this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your house this morning, Lord, with expectations. Expectations, Lord, that we might hear from you. God, that we might experience your presence this morning. And Lord, that we might learn and grow through the preaching of your word. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that every word that you speak this morning would be received. Help us to receive that word, Lord, and become ingrained in our hearts. Lord, it would bring forth blessings in our lives, but most importantly, it would draw us into a deeper and closer relationship with you. I pray your blessing upon everyone who hears this word, to your glory, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In other words, the Apostle Paul who wrote this was putting into practice what John the Baptist had said years before him, which said, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. So here we find the words of a man who previously had sworn to rid the world of those who followed Jesus Christ, saying, in effect, that I am no longer alive to myself, but I'm alive to Christ. In other words, I'm no longer a slave to who I used to be. I'm a servant of the Most High God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And I'm sure that it didn't come at a, a, a very easy to this man who was formerly named Saul. Upon his conversion on the road of Damascus, Saul's name was changed to Paul. And he set out to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Today I want to talk to you about knowing Jesus in a personal way. I want, I want you to walk away this morning having known and understood that what the gospel proclaims is a personal growing relationship with Jesus Christ. A personal growing relationship with Jesus Christ, because that is exactly what the gospel is all about. We find here a man that was on his way. He had gotten papers from the, the high priests uh, uh, that he had served, and he would go on, going out to Damascus to take care of some business with some wayward disciples of this man called Jesus Christ. And he was going to put them in chains and, and bind them and bring them back to the prison in Rome, and, 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 and some of them were to be executed. But along the way, Jesus came on the scene. Don't you love it when we were deep in our sin, deep in our destruction, at the nick of time, Jesus comes on the scene. I know from my, from my own uh, uh, personal history that I was, I was bound and determined to destroy myself, to destroy my family, to destroy everything that I had, everything that I loved due to sin and the sickness that comes with that. But Jesus came in at the nick of time. 
He rescued me. He, he reached out his hand to me and said, come, follow me. And from that moment, when I received Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, I turned away from the things that were before and I looked forward to the things that were ahead. And this is what happened to our friend Saul. He was a Christian killer. But he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. A great light shone in the sky and, and, and it knocked him off the horse that he was on. He fell down and, and he heard this voice coming from heaven. And he said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you killing my people? And this great voice came out of nowhere. And the people that were around him were astounded. They heard the voice, but they saw nobody. And at that point, it was Saul who said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go into this place uh, that you're heading towards Damascus. I want, to, I want you to see this man named Ananias. And he will show you what to do. It was at that point that, that, that Saul had transformed his life from Saul to Paul. He had moved from darkness to light because he was brought into the light through Jesus Christ. But it wasn't the end of what Paul would do. Now, when he got to the place that he was going, he got prayed for. And, and the Bible says that there were some things like the scales that fell from his eyes because the light had blinded him. And so he came into a relationship with those who were actually following Christ. And he grew and he studied and he, and he met the apostles. And he studied under them. And he began to know this Jesus personally for himself. I'm here to talk about this morning about a personal relationship with Jesus. Because if Saul which now is named Paul, would have stopped with the event that happened on the road to Damascus. Nobody else on the planet would have ever gotten saved through Paul. We, we find out that Paul goes on to become an apostle himself, goes on to write a third of the New Testament scriptures, and become the greatest evangelist of all time. But he didn't do it because he just received Christ as his Lord and Savior and said, okay, I'm done, I'm good. And a lot of times, a lot of us, myself included, have said that to ourselves. Have said, oh, you know, we've, we, we've uh, uh, connected with Christ. We made a, a, a declaration, hey, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I want to be saved. I want eternal life. But we've never moved on beyond that point. Yes, you're a child of God. Yes, you have salvation. Yes, there is eternal life for you. But what about everybody else? Paul studied the word of God relentlessly and made connections and learned from the apostles. His life was a life of transformation. When you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, things change. Oh, listen, when I, when I came to Christ... When I gave my heart and my life to Christ, oh, I changed at the moment. I had, I had some change in my life, but I wasn't transformed like I needed to be transformed until I began to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Jesus didn't come for us to make a decision for him. He came for us to have a relationship with him. Somebody say amen. amen. He came to have relationship with us. Christianity 
is not a religion of information, but is a relationship with Jesus Christ that brings about real life transformation. If you haven't felt yourself change, if you haven't noticed a change in your life, a change in your attitude, a change in the way that you approach people and, and a change in, uh, in the way that you do things, then you may think about, hey, do I really have a relationship with Jesus Christ or do I just have fire insurance? I say that word fire insurance in a joking way, but it's a reality. We say, oh, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm just going to take the way out, which is Jesus Christ. And that's good. But it's not all there is to it. I'm here this morning to talk about relationship. And it's personal. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. It says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everybody say, in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How many things? All things. As I connect myself to Christ, as I grow in my relationship with Christ, things are going to change. The old is going to be the old. The new is going to be the new. I'm going to walk in the newness of life because I'm walking in the light of life. How many knows that Jesus is the light? Amen? Come on with me this morning. I'm, I'm done telling jokes. Preach with me this morning. I promise I'm done with the jokes. Therefore, is it, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, not I know of Christ, not there's a guy named Christ, not the way we, we sometimes when we get disgusted and we want to cuss and say his name in, in, in a vain manner. Not any of those things, but those who are in Christ are those who have a relationship with Christ. What I'm here to, to, today to tell you is we got to move beyond the surface thing of, okay, I've obtained salvation. Move on to a relationship with Jesus that puts us on a trajectory to where he has designed us to go. Because the real you has not been formed yet. The real you has not been drawn out yet. We're still living in the same old us when we decide to sit on our relationship with Jesus. We're living in the old self. We're not moving on to the new creation that he has for us, which is where all the blessings are. If you're sitting here or if you're online watching, and if you, you say, Lord, where's the blessings at? You got to ask yourself, where are you at? Where am I at? I can't lay claim to any of the blessings of the Lord unless I'm connected to the Lord, unless I'm growing in the Lord, unless I know him. Now I'm going to put Corey and Lena on the spot. I love them. But Corey and Lena, when they met, they had, they had to grow together in their relationship and knowing one another. Corey had to take her out to dinner, right? Come on. He had to go show her all the great stuff he had. Right? Show him what a great guy he was. She wasn't going to come along with no fool. She wanted to come along with a guy who had it going on, had it together, right? They didn't get married until they had a relationship together. Now they're this. But I'm here to tell you, what's the next step? They have a child on the way. You can't have babies unless you have a relationship with the one who you're having babies with. You cannot have offspring. 
Come on, somebody. You can't have offspring unless you have a tight relationship. And God will bless that. Therefore, Lena is in Corey. Corey is in Lena. They are together as one. What we got to understand is, are we growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ that will produce fruit in our life, that will produce blessing in our life? And listen, we're blessed to be a blessing. You can't bless anybody else until you're blessed first. And we only get the blessings of God in relationship with Jesus Christ. Religious ritual and ceremony are mere window dressing and have no real power in anybody's life. And we can come along and we can do the religious ceremonial stuff. We can do all those things. But what does it get us in our relationship with Christ? It gets us almost nowhere. Matter of fact, a lot of times religious ceremony can get us absolutely away from Christ. Why? Because we're so focused on the ceremony and not focused on what the ceremony is about. It's about Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. Everything. Everything. In Christ means just that, a real and living connection with the king of all kings. He said, all power in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples out of all nations, and I will be with you all the way to the end of the earth. What Jesus was telling us is, hey, I got all the power in heaven and in earth. I have power to bless you. I have power to, to help you overcome every obstacle in your life. But unless you're connected with me, you have no part of the power. You have no part in the blessing. If Corey and Lena never came together, the blessing would not have come in the form of their baby. I want you to understand something here. That we're, we're, we're living on the shallow ice. That's what we're doing. We're ice skating on shallow ice. Because we've said to ourselves, I've got enough. That's all I need. I don't want to go any further. I don't, I don't need to be in Christ. I don't want to be one of these religious nuts. I'm nobody's asking you to be a religious nut. What the Bible is sharing with us and explaining to us is this. The closer you get to Christ, the more of Christ you get. Understand what I'm saying. The more power you get to overcome every obstacle in your life. The more power you have to say no to those things which are not good for you. And not good for those around you. And say yes to those things which will bless you and bless those around you. It's deeper than just the surface stuff. I love how Rick, Pastor Rick Warren puts it. He said, God's number one purpose in your life is to make you like Jesus Christ, his son. That's God's purpose. That's God's plan for every one of you, for me and everybody out there that will call upon his name. To make you like Jesus. Now, none of us are going to reach the pinnacle and be, and be exactly like him because it's impossible. He was perfect, right? The Bible says all of us have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. It's impossible for us to be perfect like Jesus. But that's not what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to connect ourselves with Jesus, to grow in Christ, to grow in our relationship with him so that we may, be, may become like him, like him. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make the child of God more like Jesus Christ, His Son. Let me say it again. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make the child of God, that's you and me, 
more like the Son of God. This is the, the, this is the whole entire purpose that we're here. I'm not here because I like Jay. I do like Jay. I'm not here because I like Carla. I like Carla. I'm not here because I like hanging out with you. I do like hanging out with you. I'm here to grow in Christ. I'm here to grow in my relationship with him. I'm here to worship him. I'm here to do what he's called me to do, what he's designed me to do, what he's created me to do, and that is love you and love him. So when we come to church, I want you to understand, we come to church that we might grow in our relationship with Christ and in fellowship with his people. Listen to this. We are the body of Christ. But if we're disconnected from the head, what does that body look like? We're going through this, this, this Christianity thing like we're the body of Christ, but we have no head, so we don't, we're wandering around flailing our arms and doing this kind of crazy stuff. Why? Because we're not connected to the head. The head's the one that does the thinking. The head's the one that gives us direction. The head is the one that we ought to be paying attention to. But the problem with that is that we're too busy paying attention to everybody else around us. Well, this one does this and this one does that. They make mistakes. They do this. They do that. I don't want no part of this. We're so busy being distracted by the fellowship of the body that we can't connect ourselves with the head. I'm talking to the church today. We have to get this thing right. We have to know what this program's about. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's it. A personal and growing relationship with Jesus Christ is the very core of the gospel and it is the outcome of salvation. He didn't save us just to be saved. Hear me. He didn't save you just to save you. He saved you to draw you into a close personal relationship with him. It is our destination. It is the journey. And when we come to Christ and we receive Christ, then our next point of reference is I have to grow in Christ. Why? Because I want to be like Christ. I want to be like him. It's personal. It's a personal relationship. It's personal, but it's not personalized. Let me get this out of the way right here, okay? Because around the world today, everything is personalized. Everything is customized. Well, my Jesus has to have uh, nose piercings and tattoos, and he's got to be cool like me, or you know, he's got he's to be in the grunge music like me, or he has to be in the rap like me, or he has to be brown or black or white or, or, or yellow. He doesn't have to be any of those things to be able to relate to you. He's the one who created you. So what I'm saying is, we can't, we can't design this personalized Jesus to fit our lifestyle. We need a Jesus that, that we need to uh, go towards his lifestyle. I need to adhere to what he is. Now listen, don't get me wrong. You can have personality. God's never going to, never wants to take your personality out of it. But we're too busy Making our Jesus to be like what we want him to be. I'm not interested in the Jesus that I want because that Jesus doesn't exist. I want to be connected to the Jesus who is, not the Jesus I want. My Jesus loves tofu. 
I can't stand tofu. My Jesus is vegan. Or my Jesus loves steaks on the grill. Listen, stop it with the personalization of Jesus. Jesus is what the word of God says he is, not what I say he is. And this life is not as the way I would have it, but the way he designed it. So we got to get out of this idea that a personal relationship doesn't mean we bring Jesus into our personality. It's we bring ourselves into his. We need to become more like him. I don't, listen, if Jesus wants to become more like me, we're in trouble. Hmm? If Jesus is going to cater to my cares and preferences, we're in trouble. You all are in big trouble, right? I do know that Jesus is a Browns fan. <laughs> that I can tell you. Because he loves me, he knows I love the Browns. I, I'm, being, I'm being facetious. Okay, that's the end of the jokes. No more jokes. But there are those who say they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but in reality, it is a personalized and customized relationship that is based on their own terms and conditions. We got small print for what our Jesus needs to be. Huh? There is nothing in your human condition that Jesus hasn't seen yet. Get it out of the way. Oh, he couldn't love me because look what I've done in my past. Listen, he loves every jailbreaker on the planet. And he has a purpose and a plan for them and salvation for them too. Right? Oh, he couldn't love me after all the things I've done, all, all the people I've hurt. Yeah, he can. And he does. I don't need to personalize that Jesus to fit my, my ways. I need a Jesus that I need to look to that has power. And knows my weaknesses, not the other way around. That kind of relationship is powerless and baseless and has no intimacy with Christ at all. So we got to get out of this notion. Listen, I, I, young people, I know it's all about personalization for everybody nowadays, right? It was for us when we were kids too. But I'm here to tell you today. Set your eyes upon the one who has all power in heaven and earth. Set your eyes upon the one who has love in a great abundance, has grace in a great abundance, has mercy and kindness and truth in great abundance. Learn him. Learn from him. Grow in him. And you will walk in the blessings and the favor of God all the days of your life. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going to go on with you all of your days, even to the end. I'm interested in that, Jesus. Anybody else? Jesus doesn't have to look like you and act like you to relate to you. Matter of fact, he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 24, he says this, many will say to me on that day, that would be judgment day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name cast out demons and and done many wonders and and things in your name? And Jesus said, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What's he talking about? Wait a minute. I, I went around talking about Jesus all the time. But you never knew Jesus. How can you relate Jesus to anybody else if you never knew Jesus? I never picked up my Bible, I never read, I never prayed, 
I never sought a connection with Jesus Christ. I never sought to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, I just didn't know. Nobody told me. Well, I'm here to tell you today that we have to grow in our relationship with Christ because everything that we do in his name is going to end up being nothing. He said, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, I never knew you. All he knew was, we just didn't know him. He said, I never had a relationship with you because you never came to me. You said that prayer of faith and you thought you was all good to go and you started talking Jesus to this person and that person and doing things in my name, but you never knew me. You never had a relationship with me. You never let me teach you. You never let me guide you. There's a small little itty bitty speck in your heart that has a place for me and the rest of it was all about you. Church, we got to wake up. We got to wake up. We got to connect ourselves with the head. We are the body of Christ. Not growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ might not affect your salvation, but it might keep others from receiving theirs. Let me say it again. Not having a relationship with Jesus Christ may not affect your salvation, but it may keep others from receiving theirs. How many people in this lifetime will you affect with the message of the gospel? That's a real question. Because if I keep this thing to myself because I have a shallow, uh, 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 veneer-thin relationship with Jesus Christ... I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't know who to say it to. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to connect. I don't know how to have a relationship with other people. Why? Because we fail to connect ourselves with Christ in a real relationship. If I do it on my own terms and in my own will and in my own way, I'm going to mess it up. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands, but how many have actually really shared their faith with people? Right? Pastor, I don't have the gift of evangelism, you know. I know. I don't either. Pastor, you know, I can't talk to people. Sometimes I can't either. But here's the thing every one of the disciples that followed Jesus, except for Judas, who betrayed him, was able to connect with other people and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and many, many, many thousands, hundreds of thousands got saved. There was a woman at the well that Jesus came across in Samaria. She said, well, Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. What are you doing here? Why are you asking me to get this water for you? Well, the next thing you know, Jesus began to read her mail, tell her everything that she had going on in her life. And she said, oh, you must be the Christ. And so what the next thing that she did was she ran back, told everybody that she knew in her village. And and hunters came out and got saved because they got introduced to Jesus Christ. Matthew, the tax collector. We were just talking about him in, in Bible study this morning. By the way, we have Bible study at 930 every Sunday morning back here. I invite you to come. Matthew, the tax collector, was former name was Levi, the son of Alphaeus. And Jesus changed his name when he met him on the road through uh, Capernaum in, on the Sea of Galilee. And he said, I want you to follow me. And oh, by the way, your na- new name is Matthew, which means the gift of God. 
And the next thing that Matthew did was invited all his friends to come and sit at dinner with Jesus Christ. Right? When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, other people get saved. Other people hear the gospel message. The gospel message is this, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and dwelt on this earth. He was born of a virgin. He grew a sinless man. He, he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And he was resurrected on the third day that we might have eternal life and, and a relationship with him and God the Father. How many of you can say that to anybody on this planet? I'm not trying to indict you. I'm trying to encourage you to know Jesus for yourself. He is the greatest thing I've ever encountered in my life. Bar none. I mean, my wife's a really close second. Okay. My children are very close. They're my, my grandchildren. Oh, my Lord. When Paul was converted, every town that he went to, hundreds and thousands came to Christ. Not only that, they built churches in every city that he went to. And those churches grew and people came and people got saved. Why? Because they had a relationship with Jesus Christ and they were able to reach out to other people. Listen, God has employed us, the body of Christ, into the salvation plan for the rest of the world. So I'm telling you today, if you are not connected with Jesus Christ in a relationship, we're not going to be able to win the world to Christ. We expect the pastor, the pastor Jason said that the other day, or no, Corey said that about Pastor Jason. We, we all come and we, we bring people to church expecting Pastor Jason to, to, to lead them to Christ. When all along, that's not his job, it's our job. It's our job to connect people to Christ. And we're never going to be connected be able to connect anybody to anything if we don't know him first ourselves. Someone say amen. The world around you needs to see Christ in you. The world around you needs to see Christ in you. And they will ask you the question, what is it about your life, Pat, that's so different? What is it about you? I, I sense there's a difference in your life. What is it, Pat? And Pat can say, it's Jesus Christ. He made all the difference in my life. We need to get on board with that. They can see Jesus in us. They can experience Jesus in us because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Corey, if you'll come to the music, I'll close. It's time to stop running. You ran, you ran, and you ran until Christ caught up with you and extended his grace to us and said, I love you. I want you to be in heaven with me when you die. But more importantly, I want you to be with me as you live. He caught up, he caught up to us in that situation. Let him catch up to you now as you grow in your relationship with him. Slow down a little bit. Take some time a little bit. Listen, we have gotten to the most busiest time in the history of the world. It is more busy right now than it's ever been in the history of mankind. We don't have time to hardly do anything anymore. We have busied ourselves to death. 
Stop the madness. Slow it down. Take your time. Get alone with Christ. Get into a real relationship with Jesus. It's time to go from, stop, uh, stop going from that surface relationship into a deep relationship. It's time to go from knowing of him to really knowing him. It's time to pull down the walls that have, you have erected in your heart and let Christ live there in a major way, in a permanent way. Someone say amen. So the question today is this. Will you commit to growing in your relationship with Christ? Many of us here have, have committed to, a, to, to receiving Christ. I want the gift of salvation, right? We said, I want saved. I want to be saved. I want eternal life. I want, I want. but how many of us have said, I want to commit myself to that relationship, to knowing Christ personally? personally. We're going to have a moment here where I'm going to invite you to this altar. Because today is the day to make a commitment. I'm not, I don't want you to wait till next week. I don't want you to wait till next month. Uh, it might be better, uh, my schedule's a little looser next month, Pastor. God's schedule is today. Right now. Because what's going to happen is the enemy is going to talk you out of it. He tried to talk you out of receiving Christ for salvation. He's going to try to talk you out of that deeper personal relationship with Jesus. Because that's his plan. That's his purpose in life. But God's plan is so much greater. I want you to make a commitment to knowing Jesus for real. Because he's a real Jesus. He's the son of the living God. He's the king of all kings. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of the world. He is the glorious son of God. And to know him is to have real life. Real life. This altar is open. I want you to come. Tanya and I will pray for you, either, either one of us. And if you have yet to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a day of salvation. You may not get another chance. This, al this altar is open for you. If you would like to come and pray, I will lead you in that process. It's simple, it's easy, it's just connecting you to Christ. If you're here this morning, are you watching online, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet, let today be that day. Let right now be that day. Say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Save me. I want, a, I want eternal life through you. This altar is open. They're going to sing. They're going to play. I want to pray with you. Would you come?
standing beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are
I married Tanya and she never wanted to spend any time with me, what kind of relationship is that? She would never get to know the real me. We are the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. If we never spend any time with Christ, we will never know Christ. And if we never know Christ, we won't get to experience the blessing of our relationship with Christ. Commit yourself today to know Him. Not just know about Him, to know Him, to know Him. Father, we just pray today. Lord, everyone that have heard this message, Lord, that they would be turned to you. Turn to Christ. Renewed in their relationship with Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would empower each one to begin that process of growing in Christ. And Lord, not give up on it. Not fade away from it. Because, Lord, at the end of that is the purpose by which you have saved us. And that is to become one with Christ. Lord, I pray your blessing upon everyone here this morning, everyone watching online. Touch them in their hearts. Bless them as they go on their journey. And help us to grow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We love you. God loves you. God bless you as our prayer. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.